0: Hey guys, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs. Uh, Today's show is a fun one. The Cavs obviously acquired Andre Drummond at the trade deadline on Thursday, about about an hour to 45 minutes before the deadline closed. So we did a mega blowout pod, a crossover with the good folks over at the chase down, Justin Rowan and Card Rodriguez, as well as Spencer Davies from the Basketball Insiders. It's a five-man weave podcast talking all things Drummond, all things trade deadline in regards to the Cavs. So. Not, it's gonna it's a little bit of a longer pod than Evan what Evan and I normally do. Uh, obviously we didn't record after the game yesterday. Just some stuff came up, so we apologize for not getting a show up um, after that Thunder game. But here is your big post deadline pod, and we'll be back on Monday um, after the Cast play the Clippers. Perhaps we see Andrew Drummond if he speaks at a media event or anything like that over the weekend. Perhaps we'll get another pod up, but here is your full breakdown of the Cavs acquiring Andre Drummond from the Detroit Pistons for Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second round pick.
1: You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
2: Cleveland Cavaliers select Darius Garland from Vanderbilt University. My, my, my it's called the Kevin Love Show.
0: He put him in some air boots, Cut him sexting for two. Devontae, a way down, rock the playoffs winner. Cleveland,
3: this is for you.
2: Welcome to the 2020 Trade Deadline Extravaganza. This is a crossover podcast with the Chase Down as well as Locked on Cavs. If you're listening on the Chase Down feed, you will know that I am your host, Justin Rowan. With me today is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? Hey,
4: we got something to talk about.
2: We got some stuff to talk about, and we got a great cast of folks to do it from the Locked On Cavs podcast. It is my boss, if you're the sword, Chris Manning. Chris, how are you doing? I am doing good. It is truly we actually something to talk about, and it's frankly a miracle. I, I, I mean, it, it came right down to the, the buzzer. It, it was going to a little scary there for a second. Also from the Locked On Cavs podcast is Evan Damerol. Evan, how are you doing, buddy?
3: You know, it feels really good to be on the podcast of The Less Fortunate, so I'm really glad to grace you with my presence today.
2: <laughs> and Evan is keeping that fake beef alive. I absolutely love that. Honestly, and, it
4: might be real for him at this point.
2: I know. I, I think he may have spoken it into existence. You know, the but, other
4: day
3: you said it was fake, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. It's real now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to help be a neutral party between the two podcasts from Basketball Insiders, it's Spencer Davies. Spencer, how's it going, buddy?
1: Good, man. I feel like the ugly duckling kind of. I don't really have any affiliation with either of you guys' this podcast, except for being a guest sometimes. But here's the guy that we find off the street just to come in and talk about the calves and the deals.
2: No, so no, you're you're the kid we actually like in the messy divorce. And uh, <laughs> you're, you're the one that we're fighting over. Actually, it's, it's more the dog. It's the dog that sometimes is a bit of a problem, but we both love you. So that, that's why we're keeping you around. As the guest of our two fine podcasts, I, I will let you go first. Were you getting a little nervous, Spencer, when it seemed like absolutely nothing was happening with the Cavs?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, to tell you the truth, just uh, from texting some people, I just thought that they were a little too focused on the Tristan Thompson talks while they had all these other assets to work with. You know, you, you had a, a ton of expiring contracts, uh, picks you could potentially move or picks you could possibly get uh, by acquiring other players by opening up roster spots for other teams, give them instead of to send picks back and stuff like that. Um, so I think that there was like just kind of a little bit of a, a, a tunnel vision with this Tristan Thompson situation. But as we found out, Kobe Altman was working the lines and ended up getting a huge, <laughs> huge prize back for basically a couple of those expiring deals and one of those uh, draft picks. I think it's pretty
4: funny that we all shit on uh, and everyone in the media shits on Daryl Morey for always pestering other teams with outrageous trade proposals. <laughs> but when it's time to talk turkey, he way overpays for everybody, apparently, in the last couple trades. And yet Kobe Altman's like, ah, fuck it. We'll try it. All they can... Worst they can do... Is, actually, I one could argue it's uh, negligent of Kobe Altman to take the time out of like the last 30 minutes of his trade deadline <laughs> to go make that offer to the Pistons. <laughs>
2: yeah. it, it's kind of like, Oh, I, that's the funny thing. Cause none of this really gets litigated in public. That, that's one thing I've noticed with Kobe Altman is with the exception of the George Hill trade, where you had Brian Windhorst on the jump saying that it's on the, the five yard line or whatever the case was uh, that he was going to Milwaukee. All of these have come out of nowhere. Uh, Chris, when, when the Drummond trade actually came through, did you think there has to be more to this? Because that was my impression was, okay, I understand that Detroit is in full teardown mode. Blake Griffin is already out for the, the season. Um, they probably don't want to pay Andre Drummond beyond this year. They, they need to start fresh. But even with all of those qualifiers, did you assume
0: that there was either a third team or something else going into this deal? I assumed there was a Tristan Thompson thing that was going to correspond with this. Honestly, um, mm-hmm. I I was very sure the Kevin thing was just dead. Like there was no one that wanted to deal with him for what the Cavs want. And with Tristan, it's just like it seemed like someone was going to do it. I didn't really know who. Like I did Boston obviously wasn't going to happen. Miami did other stuff. You know, the Clippers were kind of busy chasing Marcus Morris. Um, but I thought something was going to happen with Tristan. And then when the Rockets, which like hilariously like they never really had anything, I would have done anyway. You know, it's like, (laughs) do you want just a bunch of minimum contracts or no? We don't want that. I just assumed because I'm just imagining like John Beeline is like wondering now how the hell does he find minutes and lineups that work between these four guys. And like it was already a lot of bigs. Yeah. Carter dunked on me in our group chat for this, but it's like it's the same number of bigs, but it's like a lot harder to be like, hey Andre Drummond, you're not gonna play. As opposed to John Henson. like it's just a different reality.
4: Well, it won't be uh, it won't be uh, Andre Drummond getting that that sit down is my guess.
0: Well, but who? Yeah. I just wonder, like, who Kristen. is it palatable to? Yeah, but like, is how is that going to play? Like, is that going to make Kevin Bad. like throw fit? Like, there's just a lot of stuff here that I'm just like, okay, like, what what are we getting into here? That I'm really curious to see how it plays out.
2: Yeah, I mean, isn't Andre Drummond the best player on this team? Like, he. I, I think he's a better player at this point of career than Kevin Love. Evan, do you agree?
3: Yeah, I'd agree that Andre's better just in terms of if you just want to factor in age and just overall skill set and how he fits in the rest of this team. Yeah, I would say that, but I don't know. I feel like this team, like, I don't know. I kind of agree with Chris, like it's going to be a little weird to see what they do going forward with this, but I think Andre Drummond clearly has run of the roost when it comes to the big man rotation going forward. And, I don't know. Hopefully Tristan's okay with relegating himself to a bench role and being a backup, and hopefully this just all goes smoothly for the next thirty games.
4: Yeah. Again, the joke that I the the joke that I made in our group chat as well is like, well, it's not. It's going to get a lot easier as these guys start picking up phantom hamstring injuries (laughs) uh, that that knock them out for two months longer than they should. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because you know Kevin Love is not going to get hurt. He's not going to play hurt for this team. Uh, at this point, you can't imagine Tristan Thompson would. And I think the thing that we should probably talk about is like, what should the Cavs' objective be with Andre Drummond uh, moving forward?
0: Well, I... your taste and what you think of Drummond. Like, if you're if you're a fan of his then I think you can think, okay, like this is a guy that we can retain after the summer and after the season in some way. He has a player option, which I'll be really curious to see what he decides to do with that because it's not like there's a lot of great free agency destinations for him this summer now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really anywhere that's going to like be great for him. Um, if you're a big fan, of, if you like him, then you can talk yourself into this being nice. I personally am really, I think it sh- it, he just will provide some some size inside that I think will make life easier for Garland and Sexton. I am encouraged by that. But if you don't like him, then you're just like it's thirty games to so just see if it works and see or see if you can do something with this. Um, well, the,
4: the nice thing is with that market drying up is that all of a sudden an opt-in actually seems fairly likely. And yes, if you look at the the total contract numbers on this team, that twenty eight million might make you a little squeamish. But with that said, it's like it's pretty expected that uh, Tristan Thompson won't be coming back at this point. Uh, it's pretty expected. It should be much more easy to find a workable Kevin Love trade in the summer with one less year on his uh, on his extension, um, and getting a third of a season and then a full year of uh, exposure before you decide whether you want to throw the bag at the guy. Not the worst outcome or, in the world. Or so, you can just trade
0: him next February.
4: Yeah. Yep. Or, but it is worth saying that the Cavs are if they do want to lock him up this would be the summer to do it if they can talk him into it because there's going to be a lot more money on the market uh, next summer than there is this summer.
2: Yeah, I I think it's worth noting um, in terms of what they're going to do from a rotation standpoint. If you look at the 2014-15 season, after the Cavs acquired Mozgov, Tristan was in the same situation where he's going into kind of a contract summer and he was playing, though, 22 minutes a night. Like, he was okay with kind of that reserve role. And I, I think with kind of questions on his durability, he was already having a career season for for most of this year. Um, I, I think him just getting to this summer healthy is going to be the best thing from a sign and trade standpoint. Uh, Spencer, I'm kind of curious on your thoughts on this though, on what you in what what your hope is for. What, uh, with Andre Drummond and his contract. Do you, do you think that the Cavs should prioritize getting a deal done, or would it be more advantageous for him to opt in and us getting like a year and a half to to figure out what what we have in him?
1: I'm leaning towards the latter uh, just because we don't know how he will fit. Of course, you think, like Chris mentioned, he's going to help out Garland and Sexton in the, the pick-and-roll situations, uh, having somebody to lob to in these situations. Yeah. Um, defensively being a backline guy, finally, you know, if Jetty or Colin or Darius get blown by, as they have been, you have somebody in there now that's a presence. That yeah, that's actually, a when, that's a when, not an if. That is an extreme <laughs> when, not an if. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. So you have a backline now. You actually have a presence in there uh, that'll deter some, some people from going inside, even if he's not the best you know, one on one on ball defender. Uh, but the trial period here for this this year and a half, I think, if he opts in, um, would be the best way to go. Um, it, now, obviously, the extension talks, like Carter said, uh, would be a lot better in the summer of 2020 because 2021 is going to open up, uh, cap's going to spike again, all that stuff. Yeah, um, b- but I th- I think you're really going to see this this 30 games i mean i i know it's silly to say just cuz you know they have 13 wins but this 30 games could you know provide a little bit of a, a look into it because what if they go and decide and say okay if we can't trade kevin love in the summer that they go with love and drummond you know they have for, the same for agent by the
0: way they do have the
1: same agent Yeah, so there you go there you go like what if they decide that so it, you don't have a crystal ball for the situation but i think you've kind of opened up a couple of possibilities and like carter said <laughs> If it doesn't work out, you have a, a very valuable trade chip, um for next season if he opts in and and all that sort. So I thought it was a non-lose situation here. Low risk, high reward. Got rid of a couple of expirings and a second round pick. I, I don't think that it was a bad move at all. And you got yourself an all-star in the making.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, ju- I just think it just makes ultimately a lot of sense for them to to do a deal like this. Even if he's not that valuable, as long as they don't um, lock themselves into any parameters that no one else is locking them into. Uh, Mason Ginsburg, a uh, friend of the pod, uh, tweeted, made a joke that, you know, they can't really even be hit with a sunk cost fallacy uh, when they go to resign sign them because there was no cost. No, nothing. <laughs> so, like, as low risk of a move as this could be, um, I, I don't know. Justin, I, I'm interested to hear what you think about this because there is the idea that, uh, you know – uh, a guy like Drummond uh locks your ceiling and I just don't agree cuz I don't think one player can really do that unless they're so damaging at their number that you can't compete. Like do you feel yeah. like he do you feel like uh, extending him would lock the Cavs into a certain low ceiling position?
2: My big thing is if you're extending him it would be a 4-year extension, right? Like that's the the most that we'd be able to offer him. In terms of team team building, I don't think you should ever really think beyond three, four years. Um, I, I think that you can kind of reevaluate at this point. My, my hope is that he actually opts into that option and we, we get the year and a half with him. Because uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting from a standpoint of, one, we'll be able to go into next season and see if Darius Garland, Kevin Porter Jr., um, Colin Sexton, Dylan Windler, whether or not those guys take a jump and whether or not there is actually a positive impact of Drummond's presence on their development. Um, The other thing that I I think is going to be interesting is everything that we had heard kind of publicly from Kevin Love is I don't necessarily need to be on a contender. I just wanted us to be making decisions to try to win and to try to improve and, and to make playoffs and this is a move in that direction in that, okay, if you straight up just want out of here, now you kind of have to say that, and I feel like if Drummond is under contract next season, it helps the Cavs not deal from the same position of weakness where it's, okay, well, obviously you have to move them because we're going to be winning a few more games. Drummond, with a, I think Detroit outside of Andre Drummond is a worse team than the Cavs, have. I, I think Cleveland is a better situation for him. Um, with, with Kevin Love there, with, with the guys that we have, uh, I'm, I'm a believer in these young guards. Um, I, I think that you can kind of pencil your, them in for where Detroit is right now, which is just outside of the playoffs. I think that's a better bargaining position if you do have to trade Kevin Love. Um, I think if it's not working out with Drummond, you don't have that player option looming, so you might even be able to get more value for him on the trade market uh, than the it cost the Cavs to get him this year. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, Evan, I, I noticed during my speech that you, you kind of give me a, a little bit of a face. What were what, what your thoughts?
3: I see, like, I had to check it to miss, just to make sure. But, yeah, Detroit is kind of sniffing the outside looking in for the playoffs. And maybe Cleveland can get into that position with on the addition of Andre Drummond. But at the same time, I view Andre as a bit of a player like Kevin Love, where statistically they'll be great individually but I don't know if they're gonna necessarily raise your ceiling enough to get you into the playoffs but maybe like it's not going to affect Cleveland's status overall as a rebuild like maybe they can still get a solid lottery pick out of it and hopefully you get Andre to opt in to that player option so you get a little bit more of a better sample size of what you have with them before you start going in towards an extension but the way I view it is Cleveland got a steal in this draft like they got a possible all-Star center that if he wants to stay here long term you sent two expirings in a second round pick in 2023. Why the hell not take a gamble on it and see what you get? But I don't think it's going to affect things long term, and I think it's going to actually help with the growth and development of <clears throat> Sexton and Garland, especially like in the pick and roll and just as a lob threat and everything. So I think that's fine. But maybe Cleveland just jumps back a little bit in these lottery odds, and that helps them overall. But I don't know necessarily if they're going to be like knocking on the playoff door with this trade.
0: Yeah, Chris. And
3: then,
0: I, oh, sorry. So, so here, oh. this is the, I think the big question. At least in the short term, is just going to be how he's used versus how he wants to be used. Because if I was reading, doing some reading and talking to some people that cover the Pistons, and they said one of the things that was kind of making him make it clear that it was time for him and the Pistons to break up was just that he wants to do um, more stuff where he is attacking on his own. He is posting up a bunch. Um, And those are not things he's like particularly great at, but if you can get him to like set screens, roll to the rim, dunk a lot and like then do offensive putbacks like, and then maybe just feed him like a couple post-ups when um, he's on the floor, like with a bench unit, like you could do something like what, like Nance him, KPJ and one of the young guards. And then like McKinney, if they assuming they bring him back, like you just do something like that, feed him a couple post-ups and like make him happy. Um, I'll be just be curious to see how Beeline does it. I think that's to me, it's just almost like a structural roster challenge more than the cap. Like the cap's gonna will be fine. Like they can just move on from it if they really, really need to. They shouldn't rush into an extension. But like, I mean, they, mean actually... they had no
2: problem working in eighteen-foot post-ups for Tristan Thompson so yeah, who, uh,
0: like by who was like uh, uh tristan was like one of the very worst post-up players in the league
2: <laughs> right I, I'm, I'm okay with giving those to andre drummond in yeah, comparison 100%, 100%. To, <laughs> to tristan uh, spencer you you were you had something to say before chris so rudely disrespected yeah. your dibs. yeah yeah
4: yeah i just want to note that uh, total disrespect of a hand raised
0: dibs by spencer i raised my hand so I'm going to take the shade here from Carter Rodriguez. Just you didn't there. raise
4: it first. That's for damn sure. Bad. Spencer,
0: go ahead, Cook. It's all right.
1: Chris, I'll get you back for that later. But fair. no, the, the Tristan Thompson post-up thing is what I was going to talk about. You can eliminate those and kind of insert the Drummond side of things. You're a lot happier with that, first of all. Second of all, you're a lot more happy with Drummond putting the ball on the floor than Tristan Thompson because Drummond's his ball handling and his passing skills have dramatically improved uh, over the last couple of years. And I think that having a, a big like that that can pass and having a two-man game with him and Kevin Love can also kind of continue what the Cavs were kind of doing uh, early on in the season and uh, just working the, the offense through the middle a little bit. And uh, Drummond loves that, like, uh, what is it, that five, six-foot shot, that little pop shot, too. It's not always just a normal hook shot. Yeah. Um, that, that he likes to go and use in the middle and get, get the ball over the top. So yeah. I, I think he's got a lot of skill.
4: Yeah, I think that you're right in saying that he will be much more effective operating out of that short role, um, and and hitting shooters in the corners. Where God love him, but Tristan is kind of the king of of tunnel vision. Once he <laughs> yeah. decides he's going to shoot, and uh, and yeah, and I so on the offensive end, I do think it makes a decent amount of sense. And defensively, if nothing else, they should be a pretty elite defensive rebounding team, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like. Until you draft a franchise player, it's not the worst idea to load up on guys that can get rebounds and collect misses. Like My, my big thing, what I would like to see with the Cavs, I, because it's Cleveland, because you're not going to be a real destination for a lot of free agents, you're not a glamour market, I'm okay with paying a, a bit of a premium for Andre Drummond, 26 years old, fits well with these guards. Like What we were theoretically talking about when we would discuss a Tristan Thompson extension in the past is, okay, he's someone that can set screens and make things a little bit easier. Drummond does that at just such a higher level. Um, I, I would like to see them try to keep Drummond, and I would like the the real kind of win-loss and whether or not they're in the playoffs to be dependent on the development of the young guys. Don't load up too much on kind of um, free agent wings and stuff like that. Invest in whoever you, you draft this year. Hope Hopefully um, they, they draft a, a wing or a, a guard rather than <laughs> doubling down and getting Wiseman to develop <laughs> behind Drummond. Um, but the growth of the guards will determine whether or not this team is actually in the playoff picture. And if those guys don't take enough of a leap and you're once again in the lottery with the flat odds, you can afford to be in kind of that seventh position instead of gunning for – uh, third or fourth pick. It's going to make it easier um, for fans to, to show up to the arena and enjoy games. It's going to make it easier for us to talk about it. And you, it doesn't really hurt your lottery odds too much. It helps build towards something and develop a culture.
0: So you're saying you don't want to like spend your middle of exception next summer on Ken Baysmore to be the new Earl, Cl- Earl Clark? Is that <laughs> what you're telling me, Justin? <laughs> yeah, well, see that... I, I actually is, made that point on the Twitter. Move.
2: Is with how bad this free agent class is, Drummond being in is ideal because it stops the calves from investing in like I think it would be more harmful to invest like ten, fifteen million dollars a year into two, three really mediocre role players, uh, instead of giving, let's say, on the high end, twenty-five million to Drummond a season. Like I I would absolutely do that because I, I think even though you can debate whether or not he's kind of a, a cornerstone pit, uh player and whether or not his Numbers are empty. He's productive, like he's really, really productive. You're talking about a guy that's averaging 18, 19 points, 16 rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. Like that—that that has some value. That is a, a big floor raiser for any team.
4: Evan, I was kind of curious based on Justin's comment there. Um, what what salary number? Uh, well, like what what are your splits on salary numbers between what makes you happy, what makes you? shrug and what makes you squeamish
3: what makes me happy is like 20 25 million and then anything above that makes me squeamish at that point just because Drummond's skill set is a little bit limited especially because you want to consider things here a traditional center like him isn't conventional in today's NBA and that's where it makes me concerned and also if we're talking about players making the jump next year I really hope Dylan Windler isn't one of those guys because you know have a bit of a bum leg right now so. so
2: you want to stay him to stay a little more low to the uh, ground yeah
3: yeah 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 if he has like the <laughs> vertical of Zach Randolph next season it'll <laughs> help me catch my breath a little bit it won't be like watching Joel Embiid tumble into the stands but.
2: just make him watch Andre Miller tape old Andre Miller tape and back when he was in Cleveland and be like see that's how he stayed in the league forever
3: there you go but to answer Carter's question I think like 20 25 million maybe If you bump it up to 27, like, I can pallet that. But then you start going above that, I start getting a little bit of the sweats and thinking this might be a little bit too much money to lock up to a guy that may not be sustainable down the line And all things considering maybe there's a better player available in the draft or whatever if you're looking at Cleveland's rebuild long-term because it could take more than two years at this point. Granted, Drummond does accelerate the process a little bit. I know I just said – He's not going to make a difference, but if you surround him with good enough players, like that's when he'll start making a legitimate difference for a playoff run. But for now, like Cleveland's just kind of at a weird spot, at least with their guards and <clears throat> most of their wing depth, that he's not going to make a difference for now. But yeah, no, you have to like just kind of wait.
0: Hey, Chris here. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is just like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you You train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your absolute best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says... Getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of those my valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com backslash locked in MBA, you'll get for a 40% off coupon off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to nature scenes LeBron loves like rain or leaves and so much more like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com backslash lockdown NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, e stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com backslash lockdown NBA. That's calm.com backslash lockdown NBA.
3: All your options going forward when you start to look at an actual extension with him.
0: Does yeah, I think,
4: any, I think he, oh, go ahead. I think four years ninety is is the number yeah. that makes sense to me. Yeah, um, so yeah. you yep. know, uh, I'd if, I'd be
2: thrilled with that
4: if they could live in that range and you know maybe a, I mean if you got to get up to a hundred somewhere between ninety and hundred for that four years that's really before you have to pay any of your kids if they if those kids are hitting uh, like now, the Garland's and sections of the world um, and in KBJ for that matter, um, but it does at least get you a bridge. Uh, You know, like my big squeamish thing is, especially if they'd somehow traded love and Thompson, this offseason. like, okay, so there's now, there's just no example for how to be a pro (laughs) for these guys. And like, yeah, love hasn't been exactly an exemplary role model, but like the basics of being a, a, an NBA player uh, would be lost on these rookies who need a little more infrastructure than that. And yeah, if Drummond helps you, do that uh then all the better
1: i think on structure you could always kind of negotiate that too you could front load it you could have some you know different numbers there in the middle than that are on the ends you can add options to it whether it's a player or a team option you know i think it all goes into to the negotiations between kobe altman and the front office uh with drummond if that's the route that they do decide to go um but but i think i saw a tweet earlier that uh, bobby Marks said that Drummond would be looking 29 to 30 uh, per year, I think I saw.
4: Well, he can be looking for that, but when he sees the market not offering anything close, uh, ideally you can get him close to that 24,
2: 25. Yeah, I'd be comfortable with 25. The thing that I'm curious about, I think the presence of Andre Drummond is going to make it easier for Kevin Love to at least fake being happy. Because I think that's part of the thing is the Cavs have been kind of dealing from a position of weakness where Love is just openly not able to kind of hide his disgust with how things are going. And Drummond, I mean, all things considered, that's pretty much like a perfect pairing next to Kevin Love. Um, like the, those two work well, they're they're both good passing bigs. Uh, Kevin Love's able to space the floor. Um, they're both prolific rebounders. Um, they they complement each other really well because Drummond's basically just a much much better version of Tristan Thompson, who's worked well with him in the past. I think that it really helps Kevin Love at, at least. Hey, I I can live while I'm still here, and we can continue to pursue deals. But does anyone think that there's an actual chance that Love? kind of buys into this uh, especially if he has some belief in the the young guards like Darius Garland
0: the thing I wonder about this um is if we get to the summer and we still know that teams are like the summer's not going to change unless Giannis and Evan's to steal this from Evan if like Giannis agrees to an extension over the summer like this could open up the market for love in a way that just isn't there right now because all these teams are like hoarding cap space for that summer you're already
2: on plan b all all those teams immediately go to plan
0: b right so then you kevin love maybe becomes more attractive to someone like miami or whomever um i but i do wonder if there's a chance where it's like if the Cavs are i think largely correctly not going to like give up stuff to get rid of kevin love Mm -hmm. then maybe like we just go into next season and it's still like a little awkward but it's like he's still here um and you just kind of like i I'm. I mean, I'm hoping the rest of the year, Kevin's like a little more of an adult than he's been at times. Like, I think that's that's like the baseline. Is like if you just get to that, these last 30 games are probably much more tolerable than the first 50.
1: And he's been, he's been kind of more of an adult too in, in the last couple of weeks. Ever and since someone leaked that he told Kobe Altman he's
0: really rich, so he should just get fined. Ever since <laughs> yes. that came out, like he's really, he's really like you know Kendall. He's like really like whatever member of the Roy family. He, he just is at that moment. He's like really just like kind of like gone into neutral and like act like a normal human for a little bit
1: yes yeah. and w- when they got smacked up by the knicks the first time on martin luther king day i thought that he was gonna throw a tantrum but like the entire locker room was completely completely fine like i, I and, and that was kind of a, a sign to me there's like okay kevin's kind of come into a, a line of acceptance here and now <laughs> he's, he's giving to, up <laughs> he's he's it's like he, he can't do what you want hear here, <laughs> and you know what just going to put up with it and I'm going to be a professional about it. And and he has been, and, he, and the encore production has shown that too. And he's like publicly acknowledging the, the growth of what Colin's done lately and, you know, like constantly, you know, backing his team. So, I mean, at least in the public eye, he's starting to kind of, you know, repair that image, so to speak.
2: I, I think the watchability of this team is going to go up and it's, it's going to make things a whole lot easier. Um, I mean, remember early in the season where we didn't have a backup center and things were just kind of dropping off immediately when they went to that bench unit and what a difference John Henson made when when he would come in. I think it's going to be a similar thing where the starting lineups improve because you have Andre Drummond in there. Uh, I think that makes them more potent offensively. I think, um, they, they haven't really been able to run a ton of pick and roll because it's not like Tristan is a huge threat to, to finish in a pick and roll. Um, and Larry's not, while he's a much better finisher and more explosive, he's not a good screen setter. Drummond is both of those things. And I think that that's going to help them work. But even having Tristan with the second unit, um, I, I think those lineups could be a lot of fun. We, we've seen success. Uh, Darius Garland and Kevin Porter Jr. have had good chemistry there. Uh, Alphonso McKinney, assuming he's back, um, Larry Nance working in there. I, I can see the the team makes a little bit more sense from a roster construction standpoint, and I, I do think that it is going to make things uh, a whole lot easier for them.
1: Definitely deeper, definitely deeper, and I like. I just like the thought of you know KPJ and Garland playing with Thompson. They already know how to. Okay. Yeah. But then you can kind of mix those lineups together too, and how they play with Drummond. And like, it's the, the depth thing is huge. You know that you have somebody that's going to be able to come off the bench and provide consistent minutes uh, over time. And you know that Beeline likes Thompson. So he's going to give him the, the, the ample amount of time that he's allowed to give them. Obviously, Nance and Thompson's minutes probably take a little bit of a hit. Maybe some mm-hmm. sometime at the three, who knows? You know, uh, she Masters, that. Good. I'm just, I'm just, I just play all four good. of them at
0: once. Like just give it to me. And then like, also then play KPJ with them because like, he's not six, four, he's like six, six. And I need, I need, I want proof. I want like proof on video.
1: You want Let's the go. all
0: big lineup. Yeah. Just give Before me all the high. size play Ante Zizic if he's, if he's okay. I, yeah, I we, I just,
2: we, we got three locker room folks on here right now. And I, again, I want to give a shout out to all our listeners. Cause this is going up in both feeds. Um, make sure if you listen regularly to chase down, make sure you're subscribing to locked on Cavs and doing the same support and all that good stuff. If you're listening to locked on Cavs, the two annoying voices you've been listening to Carter and myself, we do this thing twice a week. And uh, we, we have a lot of fun. So if you don't want as much of kind of a diluted version of a podcast, which you get with this whole daily locked on thing, you, you can check us out as well. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, that was
3: you a know, lot. At first, I thought when you annoying when it, voices. I thought you were going to call me out. And I'm like, Rome you know, is burning on this podcast.
0: Good <laughs> <goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> Rome that, that continues
2: seems, to burn. Yeah, that
4: seems a little melodramatic. Um, yeah, I, but to... Dial it back to actual discussions. I do think one other thing about Thompson that if he's a good soldier, which there's a very good chance he's not. I mean, he's, he can't be thrilled. This hurts his potential earning uh, ability uh, in the future. Does uh, it? I think so. He's going to be playing less minutes, less stats. Uh, guys I, care about I, I that. His clients paid though.
2: I I, I, I feel like about when you that. have you s- know it. When you have 55 games of tape already of kind of a season or like a career best, I, I think teams are actually going to value, hey, he's not worked into the ground, especially when he has had some injury I, history.
4: I understand I the, the logic. Of, guys, guys, I understand the logic of this. But mm-hmm. how many players have said I, I'm pissed I'm not getting enough minutes because yeah, I'm a free agent? Like it's, 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 it's a thing. But, but, but. If, he, if he does dial back those minutes and is a good soldier, I do think we've always seen a bit of diminishing returns with Tristan. Yeah. Like the, the more he's in that 30 to 37-minute range, uh, it does feel like playing that center position has worn him down in the past a little bit. If he's down to 22 to 25 minutes a game, maybe he can make a little bit more out of that time he's spending and, uh, and really become that impactful defender that we know he can be. Because, uh, really, that hasn't come to bear on this Cavs team, though. I certainly wouldn't blame their defensive struggles on Tristan.
1: Not to mention, it's not only – it appears that they kind of screwed over Tristan in the situation, but if you look at it from the perspective of going towards the summer and having the ability to sign and trade him to somebody else, and ha- and those, those teams, whoever's interested and wherever they would deal him, would have his bird rights – and be able to sign him to a long-term deal, then maybe that's something that he'd be accepting of. You know, I, I know it looks bad right now, but I, if you look at it from that perspective, you don't know what he's going to get on the open market. So if you trade him somewhere else and they want to pay him, and chances are that the team that trades for Tristan Thompson is going to want to pay him, that, then you can just kind of make a contract deal out of that.
2: I might be completely wrong on this one, um, but I do think that if Tristan really wanted a buyout, the the Cavs would do it, especially with Rich Paul being the representation for Darius Garland. I think okay. the priority at this point is a sign and trade, and that this was a decision made by Tristan Thompson. I mean, going back to a week or two ago, it, Tristan was kind of pushing for an extension. He does really like these guys. He he likes the young players. He he doesn't mind being in Cleveland. Um, it just the things kind of fell apart because. They gauged what he wanted in an extension. They didn't feel like it was worthwhile, and they were going to do their best to, to try to get something of value because they're they're going to let him walk. Uh, keeping his bird rights is important to him. Um, I, I think another two months here in Cleveland isn't going to be the end of the world. Um, I, he spent half the season last year in a suit. Um, so if he's playing 20 minutes a night uh, on the Cavs, I, I don't think he minds it in exchange for being able to keep his birds right bird rights. i i think this is 100 percent a decision that rich and tristan are comfortable with otherwise i think they'd be pushing for a bio because rich ball clients typically their intentions get made public
1: yeah. yes no doubt no doubt and don't forget guys he's still got a sore quad so you don't know how long they're gonna draw <laughs> down. just saying oh i i
2: forget who tweeted out but um when Tristan was pulled for the sore quad, apparently he went through full warm-ups and then yep. sprinted to the locker room. I think
4: it was so but you got to test that leg, bro. You got to yeah. test it out. Yeah, you don't uh, know how. How, good, how, how, how could he know that he wasn't good to go? Um, yeah, it, it is just really interesting. I mean, I think I still would have rather them move Thompson just to save Be- uh, Beeline, a uh, one of his many headaches that he has. Yeah. Um, but. Ultimately, like it is going to be nice to at least finish out the year with them. Uh, and hopefully he's a good soldier the rest of the way. So we can actually have a, find some spots for a little bit
0: of fun uh, on this team. Yeah. I, I think that, that Carter, that you bring it to be land's a good point because I think um, how he, I, I mentioned this a little bit before, but how he handles this and how he just navigates this and like how this goes is going to be really interesting. Um, Spencer in Evan, I mean, you guys. I, I, t- every time I've seen him in person so, since the beginning of the year, it just seems like he's just a little more annoyed. And and you had the quote the other night where he just came across like so exasperated, like he was just like over it. Yeah, and like this Your is, so- yeah, and like this is something like bringing in a new player midseason who's like gonna. Demand touches and demand certain things, and is going to be a new personality. Is just not something he ever you ever really deal with in college. Like the NCAA is a piece of crap, and like that, therefore, mm-hmm. like you can't have player movement. So, like, how does he handle this? And then like, what is what does that sort of what does the locker room sort of look like? Um, I I just think that's just one of the things here that like is it sort of unknowable right now. I don't really have any good way to gauge that, but I'll be curious to see what what Drummond comes in like, how Beeline handles that, and sort of what the vibe. Overall, is I think there are certain guys that are just going to be happy all the time. Like Jetty's, just sort of takes them because they come. Delhi's kind of the same way. Tristan, I think to his credit, has always kind of been that. Um, but we'll see how some of these other guys do, and we'll see, you know, if how long. Like I'm setting the over under like five and a half games before German throws a dirty look at Sexton for missing him on a pass. Like, <laughs> like, is that too high, Carter? You're the you're the kind of the better here. Is that is that too high? Should I go lower? Like, what are we looking? No, at? no, he's going to be a a nice. Guys aren't that mean to each
4: other that early on, but it it's gonna happen, I'm sure. Actually, you no know He, he what? was also playing with Reggie yeah. Jackson and Derek yeah, Rose. He's used. I mean, it's not very true. That's a very good point. One, he's used to it, and two, Colin's really gonna help his offensive rebound rate. <laughs> <laughs> that Listen, for that 40, new contract.
2: Over the last twenty games, Carter, forty nine percent from the field, forty seven percent from saying, three. Stop all hating.
4: All I'm saying is Colin gets close. And typically, he doesn't miss super far off the rim. And Drummond t- typically is carving out a lot of space right in there. And yeah. uh, you know, these are the kind of misses
0: that he likes to feast on. Going to get him thirty million dollars. <laughs> <starter.
2: laughs> the, the, the first, the first Garland to Drummond lob is going to break cast Twitter, and I'm, I'm really. I excited did see. For uh,
4: uh, I did see this, and I do think it's at least worth mentioning um, <laughs> in the interest of
0: uh, being a fucking buzzkill. Um, Thanks for taking that from me, by the way. I appreciate you taking that one on instead of me being being the nerd buzzkill here. He apparently he's only finished 14 lobs this year. Yeah, Mike Zevgano, really just the ultimate buzzkill. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Is, yeah. Is Max, Mike definitely there to uh, to to kill our buzz. But I will say it wasn't getting didn't have the best lob partners. So maybe he'll get a he'll play a bit more above the rim. You but know, it it's Darius going to be drop-off passes for
2: dunks, but that that's how Drummond stays healthy. He, he doesn't miss games. He's basically at 78 or 81 games for basically his whole career. Spencer, <laughs> Which- you were going to talk uh, about Chris's point uh, regarding Baylin, and that was actually going to be one of the things we focused on this podcast. Um, if there wasn't such a big deal, a cu- couple of the things that we kind of pitched out or talking about how Baylin's been ha- handling the season as well as kind of how Kobe Altman has been valuing the assets. But what, what's kind of your sense with John Bieland? Because I, I think that it's it, it's interesting because he really does seem like... I almost feel like if he had the option to leave after this season, he would give it some thought.
1: Well, you know, he seemed a lot more upbeat after the last couple. Uh, I, I know after that Golden State, you know, just tragic, tragic game against the Warriors. Um, rough. He was very, very down. Uh, and he was even using humor to kind of shield his sadness. Uh, But you know what? I think uh, first off in regards to the trades and how to implement them into the rotations, I think having guys like J.B. Bickerstaff and Antonio Lang help him in that regard because they've been around situations like this and they've been in the NBA. Um, And to, to the other point, I think... That he's incorporate he incorporated Exum into the rotation right away. I know it's not as big of a name or as big of a you know position as where Andre's gonna be playing, who should be starting, but at the same time, you know, kind of just throwing him out there in the fire and seeing what they got right away. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that's what's gonna be the first thing he does. Um but in the in the sense of an entire season, I kinda don't know how to gauge it because This is what I I say this to everybody, and I think I've said this on both of your podcasts multiple times. But this is year one B of the rebuild. Uh, It's not year two. (laughs) Hey, don't Uh, use that word, Spencer. It's a renaissance. Okay, okay. it's not a renaissance. It's a
2: renaissance. It's a renaissance. And Spencer, honestly, you just made me so happy because I I I got a lot of shit for my creative accounting and calling this year one of the rebuild. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm glad
4: that you're on my side. I think it's really nice if you want to say it.
1: Well, thing is, you, you, got, you got some new pieces in the front office. You got a brand new coaching staff. Okay, that's their first time together. This is not the roster that they're going to move forward with. I mean, you got to think they got to have multiple wings in the future on their radar. Uh, now, you obviously brought in a piece like Drummond that's probably going to be a part of the roster in the next year and a half. Uh, but, you know, the, the sense of the, the core with KPJ – Garland, and and Sexton, those are probably your core guys, along with Junior, of course. Um, those are your core guys. Those are the ones you want to see the development out of. That's why it's kind of hard to, to look at this season in a in in a way that you have to see results first. You, you kind of want to see the development and the growth more than you want to see the, the wins. I mean, you want to see them get better in those situations, like end-of-game situations has to improve. I understand that. But then you also have to look at the the well, coach isn't used up to, to that.
4: staying up till ten thirty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, throw in your joke, Mister Maudlin. But seriously, like it, it's a nineteen-year-old that's it's coming off of a knee surgery. Who played four games last season? I know people are tired of hearing about it, but it's the god's honest truth. Colin Sexton. He's a second year guard, who's 21 years old, who has signed showed significant signs of improvement since the Jordan Clarkson trade. Yep. Jetty's even played pretty well as of late, and he's starting to adapt pretty decently uh, to be a bench piece. I, I mean, I don't know what else
2: Jetty's been real to solid. I, I gotta give him a lot of credit. One one thing that's gonna kind of send me is I I think a fair criticism of Bayline is that there's been a little too much kind of high handoffs and, and that kind of action around the three-point line, especially when it involves Tristan Thompson. And that kind of feels like, I hate using this, but it does feel like a little college where we are getting some threes up, but a lot of our movement isn't creating kind of the typical looks that you see in the NBA where it's kind of pick and roll, make reads on, on the kickouts. If they're not doing more pick and roll and if they're not trying to get, Darius Garland more comfortable in those situations and teaching Colin Sexton how to make reads in the pick and roll um, that would feel like a misuse of Drummond and and that would actually be pretty damning in my opinion uh, of of Bayline. If you can't do that it it really is uh, kind of a red flag when it comes to whether or not he can be a successful NBA coach.
1: And it's the lack of adjustments, too, that I think a lot of people are kind of Correct. You know, taken aback by, which you can completely well, it's say that. He's
4: not used to staying
1: up past 10.30. Okay, Carter, we get it. We get it.
2: <laughs> Listen, he, uh, he, he survived a very exciting trade deadline, so that's a good sign.
1: No, Don't forget, has, guys, too, they, they did not get any three-point shooters out of this trade deadline. They actually lost one of them, and that was Brandon Knight, who they played literally, I think, maybe yeah, that's,
0: that's a friendly that's a friendly descriptor of what Brandon Knight was. He was, he was a bot. Um,
4: he was a willing three they, point shooter. Yes.
0: He was. They really missed Dylan Windler on this roster. Like, it, it's been said a bunch, but they like could just use a dude who just can shoot and spot up and, and just hang out and, and be the just a spacer. Because, like, no one really respects KPJ as a shooter yet. Like, some teams don't really respect Sexton in that regard. Like just having a guy that you know is just going to bomb threes would be like just a really nice thing to have. I wonder if like that if I don't know if there's like anyone in, even on the scrap pile. I mean, good good friend Dean Waiters, is apparently going to be free soon, but if you want someone bring him bring him home. Let's go. Not really. It's a terrible Waiters idea. Alabama. That's a disastrous idea. But they could if there's anyone on the free agent pile that they could add to their with an open roster spot along with McKinney to just give them wing depth or if they want to like Find a G League guy. I'm sure there's someone there that's shooting six threes a game and shooting a decent percent. Like maybe that's just something you want to add.
1: You got well, JP Makira been... down there, and yeah. you got Malik yeah. Newman down there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: what I actually wanted to say was, despite the fact that um, I, my last two contributions to the pot have been making the exact same joke, um, I do Are think we're gonna make it the third time cool. Yeah, no, so. no, 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 no. I think there's actually a, a way for the Cavs to both add a little bit of shooting back to the rotation and help oh old Johnny B. Oh boy. Trey Burke got cut today. It could be worse. They, they need, they have 12 non 10 day contract guys on their roster right now. Well, um, let me, uh, and, and,
3: real quick. Um, I'm almost 95% certain Alphonso McKinney's getting signed for the rest of the
4: year. Well, that's yeah, fine. I was about to that's say fine. it's
2: probably Alf.
4: It's probably, it's probably McKinney, but if, if Burke is going to be available on the scrap heap, I think it's worth bringing, bringing someone in who knows what B.L.L. is trying to run, will be a supportive figure in the locker room. Just give him a little help, man. Like If he's going to do this, the Cavs, have to, the Cavs have committed to try to make this work, at least for this year. And maybe bringing in a body like Burke might have something to help. Stauskas I don't know.
0: from Spain. let fly Nick Stauskas sure. back. Let's did, go. That, did
2: you see? Did you see the me. Stauskas fuck up in the game? Yeah, incredible. Yeah. That was so good. Uh, one of his teammates um, made a layup in like the closing ten seconds of a game to go up two points, and he ran and intentionally fouled, sending ah, in the other team ah, to the line. to tie it up. I
4: know. Oh, what a moron! <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good. too too much of the sauce it, it'll, well, it'll get Castigo anybody maybe. you know
4: <laughs> uh, the coach has just lost his mind Out, yeah it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing oh my god this shot is so funny <laughs> 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 these guys are acting like someone was just shot on the court
2: <laughs> you know what he's, he's lucky that he's playing basketball instead of soccer because that could have got him killed <laughs>
4: Oh my God, that was amazing, <laughs>
2: <laughs> guys! I I don't want to wrap this up because we're having such a good time, but there there is a really important thing that we need to discuss. One, obviously, this was a great day for all of those that bet the Cavs over, like myself. But nine games Dude. out, folks, we are nine games <laughs> <laughs> out. Don't start. Don't start. Thanks for
4: listening to the pod, guys.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Don't podcast, start. Just, just Nobody got, got bold Justin, takes.
4: Then.
2: No. <laughs> I will say, if we had Andre Drummond from the start of the year, it's a conversation. I'm glad we're having it. <laughs> uh, we
3: having Justin? the conversation that we're having about Detroit just being mediocre at best, and they're going to flatline and miss the playoffs?
2: Hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Depressing. There, there are – actually, you know what? Um, I was listening to low Post right before this, and uh, Zach Lowe was – pretty much a, a fan of what the Cavs were doing and was criticizing teams like Charlotte for, if this was the price for Andre Drummond, that absolutely, they, they should have been in on it and this is kind of a worthwhile gamble when um, it's, it's a tough market to tank in, right? Like it's, you, You're not a premier destination marketplace and you have to do what you can and I, I think when you kind of zoom out and I, I think it's been fair to kind of critique Kobe Altman at times and wonder if he values assets too highly. Um, but when you look at taking George Hill, Kyle Corver, and Rodney Hood and essentially turning it into a trial run of Andre Drummond, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., Dylan Windler, a first-round pick that you have from the Bucks, and a couple other seconds, that's pretty encouraging asset management. Uh, he is a young general manager, and you're still figuring things out. He's growing with the rest of the team. Um, and the hardest part is still ahead of them. Like the team yep, building Got to get
4: some good players.
2: Yeah. Te- team <laughs> building is the, the hardest part. Uh, but when you talk about nice. asset accumulation, that, that is encouraging to me. Well, like I, I think he does deserve some credit there.
0: Yeah. And I think too, like we talk, a, I think we talk a lot about how sports, um, and teams are like, oh, it's like championship or bust or like being elite is bust. If the Cavs were able to like build something competent in the next couple of years, and this is like the beginning of that. Um, that would be a big change from what they've done in the last 20 years without LeBron James. And, like, there's something to be said. If they can just, like, be a normal, competent organization for, like, a season, like, just it would be a kind of a, a miracle, to be quite honest. Like, they've just never proven in recent years that they can do that. So if they can do that and this is a part of that, kudos to Kobe Altman. Um, to, like, that's something no one's ever really done. Like, shots to Chris Grant, or if you remember everything he did. It was, a, it was wild times, and this is like much a much more competent vision than I think what we've seen in the other non-LeBron eras. Pretty no, sure Chris
1: Grant still has uh, three second-round draft picks in his pocket.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, so it's Cavs 50 this year, and if you look back at the history of the Cavs, I believe they've made the playoffs like 22, 23 times out of their history. Like They have had success out of LeBron, but I, I think for people in recent memory, that doesn't... Like doesn't exist basically, so I do think that there is some value of working your way to the middle and kind of figuring things out from there. Um, maybe I'm I'm just being selfish there uh, because it makes it a lot easier to talk about it on a podcast twice a week. Um, it makes it easier to cover the team, but at the end of the day, like I come home from work and I would like to turn on an entertaining product and. I I think the conversations of, okay, what's the ceiling of this team? That's something that's maybe five, six years away when you're talking about these guards. like You can figure that out down the road.
4: Yeah, worry about that shit later. I'm sick of when you're not losing 11 in a row at home, maybe that's the time to worry about that.
2: Right, and, and you, you look at the how contenders have been made. There is no one solid blueprint. Like Philadelphia was touted as a, a great process, and um, they're struggling to figure things out too. Um, Toronto, they built up to the middle and then made adjustments at that point. The Clippers were productive. They, they didn't really have an extended tanking period, and uh, they made adjustments from there. Um, so I, I think that that's a conversation for another day and not something that people should really be freaking about Freaking out about in year one of the rebuild.
0: I mean the Renaissance,
2: the, rena- the, uh, the, renaissance. the renaissance. Yeah,
1: N- nobody hard. jumped on me for year one. Just no. Spencer I, and I have I've but, given
4: up. Yeah, I've given up on this. It's Harder, a revolving it's time. One
1: B. It's one B. Last year didn't count.
3: <laughs> Carter, <laughs> yeah. if they build a competent product going forward, will you be a little less
4: cynical about this team after your meltdown the other day? I, Jesus I did. Christ!
2: Yeah, good, good, good call out, Evan.
4: I I just <laughs> do want to at least note that uh, Justin was so ready to fucking dunk on me when they uh, were going to get a first-round pick for Tristan. Yeah. Where is it? I don't <laughs> see it. I see no firsts.
2: Hey, man. They, they, they could have. You, you never know. They, you...
4: <laughs> yeah, they probably turned one down.
2: Yeah, they they might have turned one down. And, you don't know, yeah, Carter. It turn,
4: turns out the league uh, values the shit out of their players. It's uh, yeah, it's and, still
2: and, open for interpretation. And,
4: yeah, yeah, they just love them, love them, love them, and the Cavs just said no, thank you. Yeah, that's, We're good that's as exactly is. what happened. We just want to add. We want to add talent. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, what, maybe, was their plan.
2: Maybe I'll add some talent this summer and find a new co-host. How about wow. that,
4: Wow. Oh. How about that? Well, it wouldn't be really adding talent. You'd be it's that's fine
2: <laughs> <laughs> spencer's a free agent maybe maybe i'm trying to recruit him maybe
1: that's well, he, what this is all well, about he some been,
4: well you couldn't have been thirsty or trying to get on this so
1: uh, you know
4: ready I, you
2: and know willing.
1: What? no 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 disagreement there
2: you know what i want to give all of you guys some credit here we made a five-man pod work and that's that's not exactly the easiest thing in the world we didn't
0: talk about his tweets, which is like the the biggest win of all.
2: Oh yeah, Je- Chris, I saw that you liked that. Uh, Jeff yeah. Nam, a friend of both podcasts. Met um, him
1: in person. Um, damn, what a handsome guy.
2: Oh, such a handsome dude. I I've damn met, it,
1: Nam. You weren't there when I met Justin and getting beers at the Harry Buffalo.
2: Yeah, Bruce bru- with Spencer and Evan. That that was a good time. I I had drinks with Jeff before. I've met Jeff twice. I've not met Carter. Chris, I haven't met you,
0: right? Yeah, I was a little I was a little bummed that we messed that up. Oh, I yeah. messed that up. It was upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm on
2: right. I, I, I would have felt really bad this. if you told me that we hadn't met. I was like, <laughs> I'm 90% sure, but I also no, I'm a ex- good city and I'm, I, I I'm enjoy my time there.
0: I'm an incredibly awkward human being. So like I remember <laughs> I met Carter one day, Carter and I had a beer once you so visited OU and I I was incredibly awkward. Was my favorite well, is still
2: watching, watching uh watching game three against Chicago with uh, zevac and a whole bunch of other people, and David was kind of off to a table on his own, just that's, like yeah, cussing away, just mother mother bleeping <laughs> <laughs> and everything that went wrong. And when Kyrie got even more hurt in that game, he was like, that's it. It's all over. LeBron's leaving.
4: <laughs> Zavac is uh, sustained by a, a quiet rage at all times. <laughs> it's, it's, it's never it's really just, like quiet. pretty close to when furious. His, when, when his fatherhood, isn't it?
0: Especially when his burner starts showing up more in my timeline. Man, that's, that's, when, that's when I and know.
4: I know. He's, I
0: know. He's feeling. No, uh,
4: parenthood hasn't changed uh, my, uh, my mood swings at all, and I resent the information that it has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, I had to get it in there. I'm to. Popeye. I am who I am.
2: I think you got uh, accused of that in our disc- Discord. I've been so a- that, accused that of
4: it a lot. And I'm like, listen, I was just as grumpy prior, and I don't think that uh, it's fair to put this on uh, my daughter.
2: <laughs> uh, i don't know i i'm you know what actually i probably it is more fun to blame you it's a little easier to riff off of that than it is with your daughter so um yeah. i'll i'll continue to do so folks i want to thank all of the listeners uh whether you're listening on the chase down feed or locked on calves i would encourage you to subscribe to both feeds um the best way that you could support these podcasts or any podcast really it's the same thing Leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books uh, for the Chase Down side. If you want to support us, you can also subscribe to the Chase Down Premium. Just ninety nine cents for your first month, five bucks a month after
0: that. Google it, you'll find it. Um, Chris, do you, do you have anything else to plug? Yeah, just check out everything we're doing it for the Sword. Um, we're gonna be do- we're going to be doing some fun post deadline stuff, um, and David and Justin and I will be definitely getting some takes up, or at least David will. <laughs> imagine
4: evan. writing couldn't be me
2: <laughs> evan you raised your hand so i'll throw it to you what's up hey
3: spencer now that you've been on the chase down and locked on calves pretty oh, close it. back to back what is the better experience overall you can be brutally honest
1: <laughs> i plead the fifth i'm cutting I'll, I'll this, like, old, this i'll be coward. like i'll be like i'll be like john
0: beeline i plead fifth <laughs> <laughs> yeah bj evans can you can you get me out of here please thank you
2: you hear that folks spencer is pulling a bail on he, he's going to quit after this year
4: <laughs> i'm out, out. We,
2: we 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 made him quit the industry so that's great speaking
4: but speaking of it's getting close to 10 30 <laughs>
2: <laughs> and on that note let's wrap <laughs> things up thanks again to all not of even true first- Subscribe to both feeds, subscribe to both podcasts, support what we're doing. And until next time, go Caps.